The Ringer's music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. Rob is joined by a variety of guests to break it all down as they turn back the clock. Check out 60 songs that explain the 90s exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Dave. What's your all-time favorite wrestler entrance song? Oh, man. I'm going to cheat. New Jack, of course. It's got to be New Jack, right? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Uh, the only person to get a, to, to whip ass with the entrance music going uh, that's that's a cheat code right there. I can't go with uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. I think my favorite, maybe this is too obvious, but I think my favorite when you take in to account the way that like, like we love The Undertaker because of like his longevity, right? And how he's evolved over time. And like it, like the, the kind of like the living document that someone's career is. In that same way, I think my favorite is Sexy Boy because it, <laughs> it's, the mo- it's the most throw... That could have been the most throwaway thing. It's just like stuck on. I mean, it's just like tied to like the like a weak gimmick that was trying to pull somebody out of the tag team. That could have been a moment in time. And somehow, though, like up until this moment in time, if that music hits, those first like Jim Johnson guitar guitar chords hit, you're just like it, you get out of your seat. It's like it's how like, it's how a- hard how hard would that song be to get over if it comes out in 2021? <laughs> first oh, time. Man. If you hear Sexy Boy for the first time in 2021, it doesn't make it to Thanksgiving. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that would be tough. Be a tough go, but that's what makes it so great, right? So it makes so, it great. That's what makes yeah. it great. It stands the test of time. All right. Well, listen, I asked that for a reason because our babyface production assistant, John Kermes, put together a new theme song for the Masked Hey-o. Man show. Let's go. I'm with it. Please file your complaints to his Twitter account. Let's get the show started. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I am good. Fantastic. Lots to get into. Lots to get into. The WWE draft was this week since we last talked. Uh, AEW had their two-year anniversary show, which is just, like, mind-boggling. Where does the time go? I was like, damn, it's already been two years? I don't know. I don't know. I got got some... Yeah, I really enjoyed the show. I have some things to say about it. But the big, big 
big news of the week, and I'm setting aside this week's edition of what NXT star is making the jump to AEW. We'll save that for the end too. Uh, um, so, so stay tuned, folks. But the big news of the week was the WWE draft, which is sort yes. of fake news, sort of real news, but it's exciting stuff to talk about, right? So yes, yes. the draft started on Friday on SmackDown. As everybody knows, they there was like a separate draft pool for Raw and a separate one for SmackDown. So we get the we don't really know what the draft pools are. So it's sort of a surprise and sort of perplexing. But they did some draft picks on Friday, then they did some more draft picks on Monday. Uh, none of this is taking place till after Crown Jewel in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if they officially, I don't think they said anything about it. I don't know why you don't just say the next two weeks are like open invitation. Anybody can be on any show shows just to like hype the crowd a little bit. Just make, make it, make it official. I mean, make an official kind of kayfabe, you know, explanation for, it. I mean, Crown Jewel is the explanation, but it's still like, why are we doing this three weeks in advance? It does That's what doesn't make any sense. But anyway, no. Yeah. No, you know, I, there's there's a weird thing about it that I kind of like. It kind of feels a little bit more sportsy. You know, like I'm always I'm always a fan of making things a little bit more sportsy and just using the phrase goes into effect at a certain date. It makes yeah. me go, "Okay, that I I I can get that. That makes sense." You know, sure. like I it gives it gives you time to to resolute a lot of things, you know, and uh I'm not mad at it, but uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The draft was this week. It was cool. Thoughts, Dave? What were your thoughts on uh Drafting Gable Stevenson in the sixth round of of Monday Night Raw, I think that was I think that was the big takeaway from Monday Night. Here's what I like about it: I like that it's a little bit of a calling your shot situation, not just in terms of him being a star, because I think that that's sort of as close to inevitable as something like that can get. But it's also a little bit of like a preemptive mission accomplished banner for like the new WWE developmental system, right? It's like, not not just like we made all these sort of unofficial proclamations about the future of developmental is going to look like. And just to show that we're serious about it, we're going to take one guy that's been developmental for about two seconds and, and say, and, and just show, say, tell everybody he's going to be our next big thing. Yeah, I mean, what what are, what are we developing here? It's not like we got to send Ronda Rousey to NXT, right? Like, this is an Olympic gold medalist right here. I mean, but she had a she had a real boot camp, and I'm sure Gabe will get one too. My guess, you know, here's what I don't like about it. Well, and this is again preemptive. If this if this turns out to be a thing where he doesn't really do anything for the next year, and then gets drafted to SmackDown next year, you know, and and that's but like, and it was just for like the PR moment. I mean, that'll be a little disappointing. I still understand it. But like we'll see, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They br- break it down to me. Like, how long is a is a pro wrestling season? Like a college season? Like, is it what like twenty matches, thirty matches? Like, oh, I have no idea. That's a great question. Months? Yeah, like because from what I'm I'm told, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, compete and train while he's you know defending his heavyweight championship for the University of Minnesota. Uh, but I. And the first thing I'll know about like amateur wrestling will be like the first day I know about anything. Yeah, you know? so, like, I have so, no idea. so according to the interwebs, uh, it's a four month season starts in uh, early November and runs through late February. So if he could debut in March or something, then that would be something. I mean, I just find it hard to imagine that you'd be doing a lot of learning how to professional. I'm going to be kind here. Learning how to professional wrestle while you're presumably in the gym all the time honing your collegiate wrestling skills. Well, I'll, I'll put it like this too. Like Gable Stevenson, it, it's it's not his first rodeo around WWE people. I, I'll tell you the last 
maybe four or five times I've been at WWE events, I've seen Gable Stevenson backstage with either a Paul Heyman or with a Bruce Pritchard or with a Roman Reigns. Like he's getting the, you know, he, he's getting the rub. He's getting the folks that you need to be around to be treated like a major league player, which he should be. He's the best wrestler on the planet. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you should be, you should be treated as such. I guess, I guess here's my question though. Like if you were, if you if you're coaching a, a a division 1 basketball team and your best and your best player is spending all of his time doing trick shots from half court instead of like practicing his, any like actual, you know, in-game skills, you you would be like, dude, can we please practice your like passing and dribbling and, you know, just like free throw shooting basic stuff, right? I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing. I'm I'm thinking I'm giving it more of like it's more of a I think I think if you compare it to like Major League Baseball, where people get drafted all the time, yeah, it's and, true. And by pro teams, and they get they still kind of kick it in college for a while. Like I don't think anyone's like, "Hey, you need to get ready for you know what we do up here with the Astros or something like that." It's like, no, like you're a champion, you're already a gold medalist. Like you yeah, know, I, I just think there's two things butting heads right here, and one is. At some point, he's got to learn how to like bump and like beat, you know, because when he shows up in the ring, there's going to be a lot of expectations for him. So he's got a lot of learning on that side. But on the other side, it's like now it's more imperative than ever that he not lose a single match in college, right? Like he's got, he's got, so he's got, well, he go, hasn't. <laughs> no, no, he has that going I, for him. I know, I know, but he can't let it, he can't let it slip. And the guy who beats him, hey, that I'm, I'm sure someone's gonna, I'm sure someone's gonna offer him a contract. Like, yeah, he's oh, gonna be an AEW, no doubt. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So Gable Stevenson, that that was a big win. What are some other big takeaways from the draft? Called two of them last week. Called two of them right on the nugget. Austin Theory and Hit Row. Austin Theory and Hit Row. Two big, uh, two big draftees. Um, Austin Theory. Shout out to him, man. I didn't know he looked bigger. Am I bugging? Oh, he's a big. No, nah, I mean big, he, he's a sneaky big guy. You know, for some reason I kind of thought he was a, a a light heavyweight, maybe like a Finn Balor. Oh no, type. no, no. He he's a big guy. I mean, he's basically like like John Cena reduced by like ten percent, like over, right. like like fully. <laughs> he's I, diet John Cena. <laughs> diet, well, not much of a diet, just like size. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, he's always been jacked, and it's not just like indie jacked. Like he's always had arms that were like you know like like Cena's, like arms that look like thighs. You know, like right. it's incredible. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I think that he's just a little bit smaller than when we first started hearing his name, think, you know, dudes were a little bit bigger, you know, and yeah. now he's, but like, like standing, like if Riddle is the new Orton, then, then, you know, Austin Theory can be the new Cena for sure. I mean, just size wise, like he's just, he's just a tiny bit smaller, but, and he, he's deceptively big though. It's true. Like even Very when deceptively big. running around NXT, you like, like sometimes that you'd have to pause it and just be like, dude, this guy is like huge. Cause he kind of, he, he doesn't always present that way, which is probably something he has to work on. Yeah, he was standing next to Johnny Gargano for the past seven months. So, like, you kind of get, you don't get, like, a really good uh, depth perception of how big the dude is. And then you see him standing next to Jeff Hardy on Monday. And I'm like, oh, this guy fits right in. You know, like, he'll, he'll, he'll have a good look. And I like his, I like his whole selfie thing. He's a good looking dude. So, I think they're going to play into, that, like, That this. was, he might have won the week in terms of just, like, instant debuts, right? Yes. I mean, because he, yes. he, that, his little thing with selfie with Jeff Hardy before and after was just incredible. I mean, just, it was really cool. Um. I don't want to get too much in the kayfabe weeds here, but the thing where you can like draft a team <laughs> is <laughs> it's that's fine. And it, and it, and it say, and it's, it solves more problems. 
it solves more problems than it creates, right? Because you don't need to be worried. Like everybody would be exhausted if we were drafting like the fourth member of Hit Row at like smack that has drafted B Fab, yeah, <laughs> not Swerve, right? Yes, but I don't. And, and listen, there there is definitely a kayfabe argument for like why not just form a tag team with your friend, and that way you can like go. You know, what if like what if you know Roman Reigns and John Cena formed a tag team just for the sake of getting drafted you know like it's not that whatever but we'll set that aside but in a world where RK Bro is drafted as a single unit and Hit Row is drafted as a single unit they managed to split up the new day again yeah i wasn't too think? crazy about that obviously i mean i i thought uh new day running raw is was the mo was the move um obviously it's worked for the past couple of weeks but uh them being split up again is definitely a bummer but um it's one thing to look at it as a bummer it's a whole other thing to look at it as like okay they have a lot of trust in Big E then like as being able to kind of carry the ship and 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 be that guy and be that champ um I, I, so that's that's the good to take away from it but I don't know if you're if you're looking in the it's it's this weird Vince McMahon mode of thinking that makes you think that like if you're a champion, if you're within a group, it somehow diminishes the champion, which I've never subscribed to, right? Like as soon as Bobby Lashley became WWE champion, what happened? Hurt business is gone. As soon as Bobby Lashley's not champion anymore, here comes the hurt business. Yeah, you got Big E, just became WWE champion, New Day reunites, and you know, now you're kind of following a similar path. So it's it's weird, man, because like I grew up with champions and stables. Like that's always been a pretty normal thing. So I don't understand why uh that's that's kind of been a a big no-no for for certain folks. I guess a big no-no for certain folks that for lack of a better term, uh aren't as established as like a Roman Reigns. Uh who has already kind of shown that, like, hey, he can be this dude. You know, I, I think it's a thing where if you're if you're gonna be a champion for the first time, even Roman Reigns, the first time he became world champion, it wasn't with the shield. You know what I mean? Like he had to go solo and do that thing, right? So I almost feel like you kind of gotta build that equity back up on your own so that reunion kind of hits a little harder. You know what I'm saying? So like, or when you get back into a stable, it makes more sense. So like it makes sense that Roman has the bloodline now because he's already kind of shown that he can carry that ship like all on his own. And I think Big E's gotta kind of being put in that same position right now, right? Like Lashley kind of took the test this past year and passed the flying colors. And now it's Big E's turn. So as as much as I hate that the new day has split up once again due to the draft, uh, I think there's another opportunity for E to become an even more major player than he already is. Yeah, I think that's the that's the right way to look at it. I mean if what if you if you could rationalize him getting them getting split up a year ago uh then you got to look at it now and just be like whatever whatever you whatever your hopes were a year ago well they're they're doing they're finally pulling the trigger on it they're finally making moves but they haven't made the sort of progress that I think anybody envisioned not the, a year ago right like a year ago you were like what well, you were imagining what biggie's done in the past like 3 months basically so they they're finally making it happen and i'm happy to give them a little bit of space to work that out i mean listen when they got back together for on raw for you know a cup of coffee it felt like a big moment yeah i think wwe knows that when they do that again in a year or whenever uh they'll have that too and it's not even like like it, there's some of these things where, where you're going to be hamstrung by 
by the health of the performers, right? I mean, that like the Shield reunion got rescheduled 20 different times because dudes were hurt. We, you know, members of the Shield were always in and out. But like, you know, we've seen how the New Day works. If like Kofi twists his ankle or something like that, that's not going to mess up a New Day reunion. They can still do 90% of what they do, you know? So, that, so I think that they can kind of put that in their back pocket and we'll get excited for when they come back together. Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, our, our, our John, our, our, our production assistant John was uh, was confused by that, and I and I, you know disappointed by that, I guess. And it's well, like, I don't it's know uh, for for a hot second, and then I saw that the King of the Ring was coming back, and I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get that. <laughs> you know I mean? Dude, then, we got King of the Ring coming up. That's going to be. I mean, somehow they've managed to like putting that on SmackDown. It feels like it's going to be a fun deal. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm dude, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited. Really excited. And I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing murmurs about a did I did I hear this wrong? Is there a Queen's Crown tournament? Also? Yeah, the Queen's Crown's happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight, man. Um, I'm looking forward to both of those tournaments. Are such easy things to do to get people like there's certain things that just always work, right? And tournaments are one of them, especially the King of the Ring. Like Baron Corbin lived off of king corbin for what mm-hmm. the last three years yeah. <laughs> i think you know and uh now 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 madcap moss is coasting <laughs> off that those fumes too <laughs> the royal fumes man they don't go away that easy um i love tournaments man whether it's the g1 whether it's the ring of honor whether it's the king of the ring like now we got the queen's crown it gives an opportunity to bring people back it gives an opportunity to get people hot again it gives people opportunity to become baby faces like tournaments are such easy things to do to get people excited and interested in a product, especially a product that is three hours long that sometimes feels like a little bit of a chore <laughs> when you're watching it, you know? So uh, when you got preliminary matches and, and and matches to enter and then big finals and all that type of stuff, man, it's easy, bro. It's the reason why the NCAA have been able to get free labor from children for the past 100 years. It's because people love tournaments and they don't care how terrible it is to put it together. We will watch every single time. So I'm looking forward to that, man. Well, you said three hours. The King of the Ring and, and Queen's Crown are going to be on SmackDown. They, I think they're also, they might also be on, it's all all, on SmackDown. All we know so far is it's debuting on SmackDown. And I had heard, I heard initially this was a SmackDown specific thing because I remember because it because it shocked me at the time. Now that they could just be doing it on every show, which would make more sense. But I don't think we know that now. I could have totally missed it. But anyway. Well, but go, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun regardless. I mean, I, I, I know from my understanding, the King, the return of the King of the Ring was a SmackDown was like a Fox pitch to WWE, but that could be wrong too. Who knows? Anyway, uh, we talked about the New Day splitting up. One team they did not split up that we talked about, uh, at some length last time was the Street Profits. They both got drafted to Raw, uh, as did Montez Ford's, uh, uh, shoot wife, Bianca Belair, (laughs) um, but they decided to keep the Street Profits together. Seems like the right move to me. What did, what did you think? I think we're all very excited about singles Montez Ford, and we, we kind of got a, a good taste of it uh, the past uh, couple of weeks uh, leading up to Extreme Rules. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I I'm not crazy about it. Uh, I, I think I, I'm falling into those pro wrestling tropes of always wanting to see people break out from tag teams or whatever. And, uh, you know, the tag team division on Raw is still kind of skimpy. So I understand why they kind of kept them together. They still haven't really built up that division yet. It's really just, 
you know, when you lose the New Day, you know what I mean? That's 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 your tag team division. You know what I mean? Like everything else is just kind of like a hodgepodge of characters, like AJ and almost Riddle and uh, Art and and Randy Orton. Um, so you need established tag teams, and Street Profits are one of the more established tag teams on the show. So I get why you don't split them up quite yet, but I also don't know if I trust a super slow burn. Uh, for a Montez Ford singles push yet. Okay, so. well that, that that's a good argument against what I was gonna say. I mean, I think that I think that my I mean my argument would just be that you should keep them together because whatever you are gonna do with them, whatever you would have accomplished by splitting them up, you can do that without splitting them up, right? If you you could, I mean, they could come out next week or whatever the the Monday after Crown Jewel. They could come out with they could come out next Monday or Monday after Crown Jewel with like. Angelo as Montez's enforcer and just roll from there. You know, like it does, like it's not like you could do it. I'm not saying they should or they would, but I mean, you can just do it. And I think that actually helps Angelo's future too, just to sort of keep him and and not, I mean, just to, I think, I think it would be doing him a real disservice just to put him on a separate show and let him and let Angelo sink or swim because we've seen how that works out. He's too, he's too talented on his own to be like kind of put in that Genetti position. So whatever. Yeah, it's hard. I don't even think there's such thing as Genetti's anymore, right? Like, I mean, I think the last person that truly got genetti was, what, Tucky? And, uh, gosh, I mean, what was... Buddy Murphy had a tag team partner with Alexa Bliss, right? What was that? Who was his what? name? Blake? Exactly. Blake. Wesley yeah. Blake? Blake Wesley and Murphy. Blake. Yeah. yeah. Well, they both got genetti because, you know, <laughs> Alexa Bliss was definitely the Shawn Michaels in that group. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's weird. It's weird. Um, I like Angelo Dawkins a lot. Um, I think he's very underrated. I think people, I don't think people think Angelo Dawkins isn't good. I just think people are just so high on Montez Ford that it's like, oh man, like there's so much, so many ways you can go with him as a character. Um, but obviously you can't tell the story of Montez Ford without Angelo Dawkins. So I think that is a perfect opportunity for him. To let people know just how good he is, you know, how, you know, you can tell a great story with those two guys, whether, you know, whether you ever want to go the Montez Ford singles route, you know, you can't do it without that tag team partner still in the mix somehow. So, you know, there's going to be opportunities for Angelo to show that he's just as talented and just as dope as as Montez Ford. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, man. Do you think it's actually like the best situation you could be in is to be like the female member of a of a of like a, a unit because you said i mean obviously alexa bliss was the winner in that one you could say the same thing about carmella um, yes yes oh man they i was big on enzo and cast back in the day bro i was big on enzo and cast zelina so vega john, zelina john vega, says i guess I, yeah you know i guess i mean like andrade was was killing it last night so i don't yeah. think he necessarily has has fallen off since but um, no, I mean, like, it's actually a really, I'll, I'll just say this For, when, when a company is not, when a company an industry is not always great at showcasing the women being, a you know, being attached to like, like male wrestlers who people really like, I guess can be a real advantage, right? Just in terms of getting you in front, like letting like Vince and everybody else like have eyes on you. No one's going to be shocked if like, I mean, not, no one's going to, not, not like it's a likelihood, but if like. A year from now, like Electra Lopez is a star, and heaven forbid the rest of the legato is like 
off doing something else in another mm. com- company or something like that's not going to be shocking you know no. i mean that's like that's, I mean, Alexa Lopez is, that's that's a that's a big girl man that's a big yeah. strong girl so i could definitely see her becoming a major player in a few a few months or, or a year or so um yeah. that wouldn't surprise me i mean like honestly that's oh, a great oh, oh, way oh. to get hey this is controversial but you remember when it was when when Ziggler and Biggie and AJ Lee were all together? I mean, AJ was like the was the big winner of that for a, AJ was the breakout star for a couple of years. You know, like she was the girl who kind of got the divas at the time the divas division kind of popping again. So yeah, no, you make you make tons of sense. She was main eventing. She was a main eventing segments that involved Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Yeah, right. Like which is Dude, which those is were, pretty that was huge. fun. So, those yeah, days that was were a fun. fun time. The early twenty ten, the early twenty aughts. They just signed her up to be a producer, by the way, of uh, the new the the revamped Women of Wrestling. We we like never talked about on this show, but we might have to talk about it now. That's a it's a it's a good look. They got uh they also got um uh Tessa Blanchard who Mm -hmm. you know feel how you feel about her um but I mean that's a good get for that company uh I, I don't know I mean I've I've never I've I've heard stuff about Tessa I've never had a personal problem with her but it's weird that somebody with that lineage hadn't didn't get like immediately snatched up uh by the big companies but i mean obviously you you see why like there's 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 you know it's not 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 the easiest thing to talk about there's a lot of stuff to talk about i guess my my situation is like as long (laughs) I'll wait to be outraged for when she gets a good gets the job right yeah like like what i mean it's (laughs) And it seems like she's being like appropriately punished for whatever's gone on backstage. So far. every so. everybody wants their piece, their pound of flesh. And I guess Tessa Blanchard not showing up at AEW or NXT or WWE should be a good enough pound of flesh for them. I think you know, feel how you want to feel about her. She's a, a really great in ring talent. I don't know the person personally. I've heard things, but who? I'm sure people have heard stuff about me that are, are, aren't necessarily true. I'm, this is a wrestling show, and I'm talking strictly wrestling. And, uh, you know, she's, yeah, she's, tune, a, she's a tune into wrestler. Ma- tune into Mass Man Show After Dark, where me and John talk about Kaz. <laughs> and my terrible, terrible past in life. Uh, but, no, I, I, I like, uh, I love AJ Lee, man. I think she's an incredible talent, incredible mind for the business. And uh, if you've read her story just on mental health and how she's kind of uh, dealt with that in her past and being able to come back to the world of wrestling in a place that she could, um, you know, afford to help and, and be productive the same way her husband has. That's awesome. You know what? That only speaks to how good of a place pro wrestling is in right now. Like I was talking to somebody uh, and I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll retract names to protect the innocent, but they're working at a big, big company. And, you know, we had a conversation about wrestling and it was basically like, wow, like this is a really big time for wrestling because this company who, you know, we all know is spending a lot of money to, you know, be in that, in the wrestling business. And I, and I told him like, yeah, man, like there's only been like a handful of times that wrestling has had this much of mainstream popularity. And right now it's one of those times. So the fact that the woman of the, the wow promotion can get some news on, on the, on the mass man show is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Love Don't it. disagree with that. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Speaking of women, we haven't really talked about the women's division uh, on WWE as it pertains to the draft. We had, um, let's see, a little switcheroo. Bianca Belair is coming to Raw, as mentioned earlier. Charlotte Flair um, is going to SmackDown. They had a little, I thought it was a really good match on Monday Night Raw that, of course, ended in, you know, expected schmozzy fashion. But they got a good match in ahead of that. Um, it was, they were obviously having fun uh, putting that match together. And it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, those two are going to go at WrestleMania at some point, and it's going to be just freaking crazy. I always like to test uh, Raw or SmackDown main events by, can I show this to somebody completely random and then be like, I get that. Charlotte and Bianca Belair like fall right into that character, that category, right? Like you could just put, turn on the TV, see these two. I, I told them, I, I told Twitter, watching Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair wrestle is like watching two Clydesdales ice skate. Right? It's like, it's amazing. you're so big and so athletic and so graceful and just incredible to watch it's like how did y'all i didn't even know y'all make these type of things like it's incredible to watch so yeah so i said it, i said it a few weeks ago it's gonna main event at wrestlemania one of these days that's the match to make i'm glad there wasn't a clear finish i'm glad they're gonna keep them away from each other after the draft uh with charlotte going to smackdown and bianca Belair going to raw but that's the i mean unless you got ronda rousey coming back that's the that's the big money women's match i see down the line yeah, it's true. So on the Raw side, we have... I'm just going to run through the women's rosters. The Raw yep. side, we have uh, Bianca, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, who are, by the way, I believe the only tag team in the women's division, if I'm not mistaken at this point. <laughs> well, uh, no, no, there's, there's, there's uh, Natalia and... Um, Tamina. Tamina, but, yeah. But they... Am I not... Yeah, they're, they got split up. They're on different shows. Mm, 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 mm. Right, right, right. They took... And, and, they, and they split up... Um, Tegan Knox and Chauncey Blackheart, who had won their number one contender. I was about to say, like, didn't they have? A, <laughs> well, yeah. There you yeah. go. Okay. So I, I don't, I don't even know, man. So mm -hmm. on the Raw, we have Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Becky Lynch, which is obviously enormous. We didn't talk about Becky and Seth both going to Raw. Uh, Alexa Bliss, who seems to be out for some period of time. Carmella, who obviously got a little promo segment reaction, and I think they're going to get behind her. Uh, Nia Jax, Selena, Selena Vega, Dewdrop. Dana Brooke, Liv Morgan, who is the internet wrestling community sweetheart, <laughs> Mia Yim, Tamina, and Tegan, the aforementioned Tegan Knox. That's a 14-person division. And on SmackDown, it's Charlotte, B-Fab, Naomi, Sasha, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee, uh, great call up there, Aaliyah, Tony Storm, Shotzi Blackheart, and Natalia. I mean, SmackDown's uh, a little bit light, but I, I find it hard to question a division that has Sasha, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte, Naomi, 
Tony Storm hasn't even gotten a chance to shine yet. Um, you know, there's there's a lot you can do there. A little bit surprised. That SmackDown roster screams of Paul Heyman. Let me let me let me mold these people into something, right? Like everybody looked at the roster and everyone's like, "Man, SmackDown got fleeced." And it's just like, well, they got the big dog and they got Heyman and they got two hours, which I like, right? Like I feel like you should front load the show with more time with the show that has more talent. You know what I mean? Like if it's a three hour show, like it gets to be a chore after a while. So if you go into SmackDown, I think, I think it's a great look for a lot of those folks over there, man. Like if you look at it on paper, you're just going to say, wow, it looks like they got, they got completely housed by raw, but this kind of always happens, right? SmackDown always sort of thrives when they quote unquote, get the short end of the stick in one of these drafts. You know what I mean? Where like, you know, Dean Ambrose was the number one pick. And then it's like Dean Ambrose, John Cena and like Dolph Ziggler. But that was a fun time in SmackDown and, and the SmackDown's a quick show. It's a two hour show. You don't need that many people to get it interested because you know, big dogs taking at least 12 of those, two of those 12 segments that fill up the, fill up the other eight. You know what I mean? And you, you got a great show. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and seeing what, you know, they, they could do on, on, on the blue brand. Yeah, me too. And, and I mean, you know, I was kind of surprised. I think my only real surprise about the lack of call up, despite my prediction that Braun Breaker was getting called up, was that Io Shirai <laughs> didn't get called up. Although that just kind of seems like the chorus we're going to be singing for a while. <laughs> all, I'll say, all I'll say is this, that SmackDown women's division is a little bit light, as you just said. Just because they didn't call somebody up, on in the draft doesn't mean they can't call they're not going to call people up after wrestlemania and frankly there's no reason why they wouldn't call somebody up in three weeks if they just want to have a big moment you know like give who knows if they're going to but there's no reason that you couldn't just give io shirai a bigger moment than the draft and just have her run in and challenge charlotte or whatever you know like make make it seem like a big deal if it were if we're talking about Heyman, if we're talking about someone who like you know like is really is going to get the best use out of out of a performer of her level keep her separate from all that stuff make her her own event you know um speaking of which semi-related carrion cross might have been better served just to have been saved for the draft rather than to like have his few weeks of feuding with jeff hardy or whatever beforehand don't you think if they had just this you use the shocking early nxt pick gimmick on him let him be like the number two pick on raw and so what if he has the demolition stuff just come out and you're just like oh shit they love this guy you know mm-hmm, i mean wouldn't that mm-hmm. have been a bigger wouldn't that have been a, a bigger moment than what they've done I agree. I think it definitely would have been a bigger moment. I don't think I don't think Heron Cross has made even a dent on the main roster yet. But it all goes back to one of the most pivotal moments in the history of professional wrestling, and that's Vince McMahon visiting the Performance Center. <laughs> you know, like it was a couple of months ago, and I feel like one day we're gonna get like a thirty for thirty on like what happened that day because everything changed after that. Right. Like you got folks that got called up. You got folks that got let go, folks that went to AEW, like, and you got NXT 2.0. And, you know, something about that meeting told them, whatever we're doing here, we're tearing it up and we're, and we're, we're doing something completely new. So, and it has to be done right away. So, having the whole carrying cross thing, man, like, I don't know how much she could have, uh, I don't know how much he really fit in NXT 2.0, to be honest. Now I don't know how much he can tread water uh, until he kind of shows up. Maybe you kind of kept him off TV for a while. Maybe, you know, you had Samoa Joe kill him off. I don't know. It's 
it's you know it's a whole lot of weird stuff that has happened with NXT and those NXT call-ups. and I kind of feel for them. I really do. I mean, like you got got you got people like Dakota Kai, you got people like um, you know Io Shirai, uh, you know Kyle O'Reilly, you know Bobby Fish. Obviously, he got he got signed to AEW. He was uh, in the TNT title match last night. But that last class of NXT, I guess call-ups or that NXT roster. Uh, wasn't dealt the best hand, right? So, I, 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 you know, you've heard my thoughts on Karrion Cross. I'm sure Karrion Cross is a wonderful guy. I, I haven't been the biggest fan of his, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo-poo on him. And again, it not now that I'm looking at it at a macro level, I, I'm not necessarily sure it really was his fault the way he's been used, the way he's been sort of uh, portrayed. Well, that's what uh, I would say. You say they, I mean, they got dealt a bad hand, and and yeah. sure, I mean, yeah. they didn't get. Listen, they, I mean, they, Dakota Kai or whoever didn't get like the, you know, the epic one year run at the top of the division in NXT that like we all liked. But, but I mean, what is that? What would that ever amount to on the main roster anyway? I mean, she's going to get, she's going to get a run on the main roster and whoever's, and no one's going to care what she did in NXT when she gets there. That's, I'm not saying that's right. That's terrible. But like, she got dealt a bad hand. Well, at least she has sort of minimal baggage. She'll get there. She'll be fine. Io Shirai, who knows? But I mean, presumably she'll get there and everyone will say like, holy shit, she's the best wrestler in the world and it'll be fine, right? I mean, it, so um, I think I still think there's reason to hope. Karrion Cross is a real outlier. But you're right about that day that Vince visited the Performance Center. Maybe somebody should do a podcast, a feature podcast about that. I wonder I wonder who can do that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll look into it. But the... But uh, so anyway, what else 30, do we need to touch on? Thirty days in Florida. Let's let's, let's let's call it right now. Thirty days um, in Florida. The Vince McMahon trip to the Performance Center that changed the wrestling forever. Stamp. Uh, let's green light it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> mentioned Seth and Becky are both going to Raw. Um, I mean, I'm excited about the Raw. I mean, talking about a three hour show um, that needs more. You know, they can always use stuff to fill up that time. The top of that, I mean, that women's division on Raw is stacked, and they could easily do, I mean, this sounds like such basic stuff, do two, three women's angles going at the same time, then you have a very enjoyable three hours, or you could, a much more enjoyable three hours. We'll see if they do it. But the men's division over there, I mean, tell me what you, tell me, tell me, tell me what you think about this. Biggie, I'm going to leave Randy Orton out and Riddle out because they're in a tag team, right? Right, right. Big, Biggie. Edge, Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor. And then if you want, I mean, I said Keith Lee, so Damian Priest, you throw in there too. And we're not even at Karrion Cross or any of that stuff. I mean, Finn Balor was a fourth round pick, which is ridiculous. I think just in terms of like, like, you know, the writing, the draft, it, I know you take somebody down, you got to move and put somebody up. You got to take somebody down. I know it's, it's difficult, but I feel like, I feel like the sort of return on investment with somebody like Finn Balor. I mean, he was just challenging for the title. You should throw him up a little bit higher just well, in terms they, of they, perception. Well, they've made it, they made it clear to, you know, let it be known that we're drafting Finn Balor and the demon. So the demon should return soon. And if they want to get any better spit shine on him, then, oh my gosh, he's invincible except when the rope collapse. <laughs> I think that's a good way to do it. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I like that Biggie has a bunch of new t- dance partners, to, uh, especially at the top of the card. Um, there's also, I mean, like those free agents. I mean, you got Goldberg li- lingering around. You got 
uh, Brock Lesnar, who made it known that he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. So that kind of scares me also. Uh, you, you got you got a lot of big-time players on Monday Night Raw, especially on the men's side. Um, that could really make for an interesting run uh, with, with at the world title with Big E. I know he's uh, taking on Drew McIntyre, uh, Crown Jewel, uh, in a couple of weeks. And then after that, all the, the changes will take place. Um, if I'm looking at that roster, the first, I think the first matchup I really want to see after Drew McIntyre is probably Finn Balor. You know, like, I don't know if, I don't know if there's a way you, you know, like, he worked pretty good as a bad guy on NXT, man. Like, maybe not a bad guy, but just like a little bit more, a guy with a little bit more edge, you know, maybe not smiley, happy-go-lucky uh, sort of dude. And I think, you know, the year that he had on NXT and even like the run he just had with Roman Reigns, even though, you know, say what you want about the end of that main event, it, it, it is what it is. I think he's already proven himself that like there's going to be a moment where he's at the top again, you know, and I just don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how many times you can keep giving the Finn Balor cocktease of <laughs> being he was the first universal champion and then what? You know, like let's 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 get him back to where he's a big a, a big deal again. And you know, granted, yes, he's still a big deal, still a major player. He's one of those guys that he's one of those microwave guys that I love, where he can kind of you know just just toil away for as long as you want him to, and then we want to throw him in the main event. Nobody bats an eye. Um, but if I'm if I if I, like I said, if I have the pen. The first person I'm 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 gearing Biggie yeah. up for yeah. right after that is, is Finn Balor. Yeah, man, I think that's I think that's a smart move. I really do. It's interesting. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff you can work with right there. You know, I mean, it's like there's it's there's just so much talent on the raw roster all of a sudden you could go a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, Seth Rollins, who knows what they're going to do with that, right? I mean, they could go in. Any, I was going to say either, but they go in 10 different directions with the Seth Rollins character. Kevin Owens is another guy who kind of is in a Finn Balor spot, right? Had a great run against Roman Reigns, made him look really good. You can reheat him at any, absolutely any moment. And I mean, who I would be game for a little heel Kevin Owens going up against, going up against uh, Big E. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know if we're getting heel Kevin Owens or we're getting the go play with you and your little friends in Jacksonville special with Kevin Owens. Well, that, that could, that could totally happen too. Although they did draft him at number three, which sort of, which sort of felt like a bit like a halfway, like see all the faith we have in you, but it's not quite all the, it doesn't show quite enough faith, you know? So it's, it, it's probably, it, it could be, it could be, it could be a pat on the back or, or a slap in the face, depending on how you want to read it. Um, so yeah, that can go either way, but that, that the top of the, I mean, the title division there is just absolutely stacked, you know I mean? Like edge and Seth might just, you know, keep going, keep dancing forever. But like, and who knows if edge is ever going to be in the, you know, going to be challenging for a title, but still mm -hmm. he's definitely at the top of the card. Um, well, like I said, also you got Austin theory and, and Seth Rollins on the same show again. There's, mm -hmm. there's something you could pick back up, you know? Yeah. I mean, and the, and the lower and the, and the second tier dudes that they have on raw, I mean, Keith Lee, Damian Priest. I'm not talking about second tier as an insult. I'm saying like literally the second tier. Keith Lee, Damian Priest, put Karrion Cross in there. Um, like no one would be shocked if any of those guys got pushed to the main event in like 15 minutes, right? I mean, I'm not, and, and I mean, like I always say, your mileage may vary, but like, you know, that's the top of the card 
is theoretically stacked. I mean, just absolutely stacked. So hopefully we'll be able to get some, you know, some interesting mashups out of that whole thing. Um, the tag division too is, is, well, I mean, not the cupboard's not as bare as, you know, you might think. They got the Street Profits. Presumably, they'll keep them together for a while. But they also got RK-Bro, as mentioned. AJ and Amos are still together. Do they have uh, Gable and uh, Otis now? Yeah, they got Gable, they got Gable and Otis Academy? now. But uh, I wanted to mention that, I mean, this is totally fantasy booking right now. But they have AJ, and AJ and Finn have already been tweeting at each other um, about, you know, impl- implying or foreshadowing a potential alliance. I mean, if you're not going to put Finn right to the top, there's a lot worse things you could do than team him up with AJ and almost and sort of start doing a little, well, I mean, we well, don't even they've, need... they've already kind of... That's what I'm saying. In. Yeah, like yeah. AJ said, hey, I got a lot of enemies on that roster, and you're not one of them. Uh, welcome to Raw. So it's like, well, first off, how have we had AJ Styles and Finn Balor on the same roster this long and they've only <laughs> crossed paths, what, a handful of times? Maybe three or four times? Really? That's incredible to me. So, I mean, that's another thing that can get you that can get me really excited is, is the AJ and Finn either union or storyline, whatever. Whatever you're going to do with those two guys, there's so much meat on the bone that you could take from it. I'm really looking forward to that. The flip side is you look over on SmackDown and there's gonna you talk about Heyman or whoever, there's gonna be some projects there, right? I mean, I think the I think the obvious the obvious, you know, person to be that, that's gonna get fed fed. I said I don't mean that as a derogatory <laughs> way, but get fed to Roman Reigns next or in the near future is Drew McIntyre. Um mm-hmm. but then after that, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of like Hey, hey Jeff Nakamura, Jeff Hardy. Uh, can I can I interest you in a Sheamus? Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe this is the moment for Ricochet. Uh, maybe Ricochet. Listen, that's that's one thing, right? Like I look at that roster, and it screams Paul Heyman favorite toys, right? You got Kofi. You got Ricochet. You mm-hmm. got Jeff Hardy. You got uh uh Cesaro. You got mm-hmm. Sheamus. Like, you know, there's you some ri- things there. There's you some got, things there. You got Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland, you know, like he's 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 going to be a player, and we're talking about NXT, man. Like I, I forgot, I think it was you who said it, or somebody said it the other day. And it was like, no, nah, I was actually starting to talking to Stat Guy Greg. Shout out Stat Guy Greg from uh, Cheap Heat, and uh, I guess this is because I brought up the question: Who do you take in the next five years, MJF or Braun Breaker? And he was like, you could put Braun Breaker on SmackDown tomorrow, and nobody would blink. And who was Braun Breaker just wrestling on NXT last week? Rich Holland, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been on NXT that long, and nobody blunk. When, nobody blunk is that a word? Blunk? No, nobody blunk blinked. is not a word. <laughs> nobody blinked with Rich Holland um, getting drafted. So there's some there's some interesting players on SmackDown, man. I'm really looking forward to how they how they take that, especially on the uh, network TV. I think that it's always fun when it looks like one of the shows got fleeced, you know, like power at the top, and then they got to work with it, and it, they, it always evens out. I guarantee that we'll be talking about SmackDown being dominant and st- and overstacked in like oh, six yeah. months so i think knows? i think i think jeff hardy and, R- and roman reigns is the first go though i know you, you said so? Je- I, th- I know you said jeff Har- uh roman reigns drew mcintyre i think they're probably going to save that for a little bit but i think i think jeff hardy is going to be the first guy to kind of like you know to to take that stab at roman reigns because you know he's he's, he's a me- he's a megastar he's a guy he's another microwave guy where it's like 
if Jeff Hardy's challenging for the Universal title on on a Raw, I mean on a SmackDown or on a uh, TLC pay per view or something like that, I buy that. I'm with that. I, I could I could see. I could see a Jeff Hardy main event at, at TLC at the end of the year versus Roman Reigns for the title. And I could see a moment where he almost possibly can be convinced that he's going to win. But, you know, it's big dog season. He ain't losing. <laughs> yep. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, and, and Roman Reigns, we've seen, like, make stars. I'm not taking anything away from Finn or Kevin Owens or, you know, Daniel Bryan. I mean, like, anybody that's been part of that part of that uh universe but man he he makes people by beating them bigger than they were before which is like an incredible incredible compliment to him um and then once like the the main event picture there started starts to take shape a little bit then we can start talking about you know the ic title picture which it seems like there's a lot of fun stuff you can do there Sami Zayn's still on the show we mentioned ricochet we mentioned you know, do Sheamus over there. Cesaro is still around. I mean, there's a lot, there's a whole lot of talent. It's just a matter of who we're going to book upwards on that show and who, you know, with all the different things you could do. It's, it could be, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, is that it for the draft? Do we need to cover anything else? I feel like I feel like we'm surely we're surely missing something. But well, we got Hit Row also. Hit Row. Oh, that's right. Well, I I guess we might have to drop the North American title at some point on his way out the door. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. he didn't wait. He didn't already do that, did he? I didn't. No, miss not that. yet. All right. Yeah, Santos Escobar versus uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, for the North American title next week on NXT. Um, and funny enough, it will be Swerve's first North American title defense. And he's held the title for at least, what, four or five months or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, should be fun. Should be fun. So, yeah, fun. but but yeah, Swerve, I mean, Hit Row versus Nakamura and Boogs could hold down a show for six months, man. I'd watch that every week. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Hit Row's been doing some great vignettes. Uh, just the way that they shoot their stuff, the way that uh, the, whatever they do, it's different, you know, and SmackDown loves different. Heyman loves different. And uh, they give a jolt of energy to that show. Like anytime, anytime a, a show gets like a new stable, you get that whole. It gets a good energy, or it gets a different energy. I want to say good because you just never know. But it definitely gets a different energy injected into the show. So hit row being made a big deal right off the bat. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, listen, in kayfabe, it's a great value pick too. You get four stars for the price of one. I mean, who who's going to say no to that? Who's right? going to say no? Yeah. Nobody's going to say no to that extra chicken nugget. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think that's, that, that about does it. I mean, the off air pick stuff was cool too. I I wish they found a little, a way to sort of monetize or eventize that a little bit, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more, but, um, it, you know, it's a little bit, I mean, I guess people, a lot of people were complaining that they had the, you're the two, the Pierce and Sonia just came out and made all the picks and the sort mm-hmm. of people who were making the picks were a little bit ambiguous or whatever, you know. Um, a lot of people were calling for Sonia Deville, I think we even mentioned it, getting drafted like live or whatever, which mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, clearly decided not to do. Again, they can do that as a storyline at any point. The draft is not necessary for that. But yeah, I mean, I think that overall, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, we gotta, we'll have a fun year with those It's going to be a fun teams. year, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Speaking of fun year, we had we just mentioned at the top of the show we've had a fun two years with AEW, and now they're having their. They last night they had their two year anniversary show on TNT, which is just mind boggling uh, th- that it's been going for that long. But I guess really uh, the you pandemic know, really messed up time for me. I'm like, there's no way it's already been two years. I'm like, oh my god, yes, it's been two years. Totally it's insanity. Yeah. So all right, no cold open question of the week. Mid roll question of the week, Dave Shoemaker. Go for it. If CM Punk came up to you and said, hey, I can either wrestle or I'm going to buy you blank to eat, what would be the one thing you would eat instead of watching CM Punk wrestle? <laughs> Wait, what is it? Is, is this a reference to something? That yes. I'm not so last night, CM Punk shows up to, uh, <laughs> they're in Philly. And uh, he's talking, he's giving the spiel about how much he oh, loves Philly and how right. we live there. And he was like, I'm going to do something for you fans. And he's like, instead of buying... Oh, I guess, you know, to to go off the ice cream bars thing, he's like, Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy everyone in here a cheesesteak, or you guys get to watch me wrestle. And the crowd was it was it wasn't the there wasn't the whole the all the way oh home run that I think he thought it was gonna be. It was like, listen, that was a brave thing CM Punk did because it could have really easily became a cheesesteak chant in five seconds. If it was in New York and he said, Yo, I'm gonna buy everybody a chopped cheese or a slice of pizza. You would have got a pizza chant. Tacos in L.A.? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Th- them tacos would have went out. Like, punk, we tacos. love you. <laughs> tacos just are all... I don't know why. Tacos always win. I yes. mean, people get so excited. Remember when, like, Taco Bell... I think that Taco Bell used to give, like, free tacos out. And probably yes. everywhere. But they did, like... The, for the Lakers. The, yeah, if you score and they they did for the Mavericks, too, I think. If you score... Yeah, when you score 100 points, people got so excited when it was getting up in the 90s because you get your 59-cent taco for free. I mean, it's... Yeah, and it's, like, they're cheap, and it's fun to chant like yes, have you ever t- true taco taco ta- i don't even like tacos but i'm like my endorphins already just went up just doing that like two second chant about tacos so yeah very dangerous game punk punk played last night but yes he uh he decided to wrestle uh, daniel garcia on rampage this friday uh but that should be good i don't ever complain about seeing cm punk and i know and for i mean listen aew should be bringing him out there to talk every week but it, it is we're, we're kind of in an interesting pattern Right where he they they promote CM Punk talks like WCW used to do like and like a face to face with Sting will he finally say something like like whatever like it's it's be, like him talking is an event and then he'll wrestle occasionally on like the B show which may, this may just be what CM Punk wanted to do like who knows it may just be some I mean I don't I, I do not question the decisions that Tony Khan makes far be it from me but I know we can't have Punk out there wrestling all the time. But is it is there a point where do you just have to send him out there to talk every week just to pop the crowd? Like, is, is every crowd expecting a CM Punk promo at this point? Let me and tell you, man. if the answer is yes, does it need to be on TV every week? Is there a point where, like, it's just diminishing returns or no? Well, he acknowledges that, you know, uh, he acknowledges that one day people are going to get sick of doing the I'm back and I'm happy sort of thing. 
Uh, but I mean, listen, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm uh, as much money as I'm reportedly playing CM Punk, you better go out there and do something every goddamn week. Um, and you got to remember, man, like CM Punk is a li- like to that crowd, to that to that section of a wrestling fan base. CM Punk is akin to a Stone Cold Steve Austin for them. Like, Stone Cold could come out, cut a promo, and everyone's happy. You know what I mean? Like, and Punk's in that mode, especially for those guys who love that type of wrestling and that type of, and, and, and you know, it, it, you, you, you can't ignore the big pull of AEW is that they're not WWE. And that's a big pull of CM Punk is that he is not a WWE guy. And those fans love him for that. So as much as, you know, People love hearing Curse of the Colts personality. I'm one of those guys. I love Colts personality just as much as the next guy. I think we're at the the weird fork in the road right about now where it's like, okay, okay. The honeymoon is, you know, we we we, we did the deed already at the honeymoon. We already went to the to the resort. We had all the free food. We had all the nice drinks. Now it's time to go home and start a life with this person. And uh I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure they they've got plans, but you know, I'm just waiting for the time where it's like, okay, like w- we're here, we we got it. What's gonna be next? It can't just be CM Punk plays the hits for the next six months, right? Like we got to get him into something that's very meaty and very uh, engaging uh, and soon. Because the more he acknowledges every time he comes out, oh, are you guys sick of me yet? Like the more it's gonna be like, yeah. Yeah, like what are we gonna yeah, do? What are but we that's doing? The, that's the thing. You can't you can't you can't play with fire, right? You can't risk right. that. And maybe you'll never get there. Who knows? But I think you know. Obviously, listen. This is all obvious. Everybody's asking the same question. And um, this is not a this is not a critique. Mm-hmm. But the difference between CM Punk and Stone Cold is that Stone Cold's cutting a promo in in character, in character. yeah, in, in, in storyline, in story. You yeah. know, like he's he's going out to say. I'm like, I hate my boss. That's the storyline we're pushing. It's different than CM Punk just coming out and just being like, like, how y'all doing? How's it? <laughs> like, you know, just like doing the, the hair metal band opening show, just like Louisville, Kentucky. How you feeling tonight? Like, that's not, you know, that doesn't really get you anywhere. Right. So anyway, uh, well, I think it'll be fine. The big news coming out of the second, of the, the, the second anniversary AEW show, of course, and I think probably like the greatest, the the coolest thing that AEW, you I could say about AEW. I mean, this is I think I think what a huge compliment to be able to say they had a giant show and a huge moment where like the wrestling world paused and then just like screamed joyously together in unison in the midst of signing CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole and all of this shit going on, the return of Hangman Page <laughs> as the Joker was a moment on par with those other moments. I mean, and yeah. just, and, and listen, we don't, we're not going to sit here and adjudicate who's getting screen time in AEW every week. But in the midst of all that other noise, and it's a good kind of noise, to be able to take your number one homegrown project you're the story that you've been telling slowly but surely since like the opening bell. Since the launch of the company, really. Yeah. And to yeah. have that pay off, at least partly pay off in a moment like that. I mean, first of all, people were predicting everybody from, you know, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Bray Braun Wyatt. Strowman. Uh, 
RVD, I saw somebody say, you know, like, you know, because they were in Philly, there's all these old, I mean, it could have been so many different things. And it's just like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to stick, we're, we're going with the, well, dancing with the girl that brought us, I guess would be the, the cowboy phrase. But like, the, the, I mean, just to have him come out, to have it treated like a major moment in wrestling history and to have the crowd react as such, I mean, and, and then to have him go over like that, God, it was just, it felt so good. Right. I mean, it was what, what an amazing, what an amazing moment um, for a company that's just firing on all cylinders right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And that's that's always been the big um, worry for AW fans. It's like, OK, now that we're getting all these big players and becoming like a major player in the, in the industry, let's not forget the people that brought us to the dance. And let's not forget that, you know, the point of this is to make new stars. You know what I mean? Like. Watch Roads to the Top yesterday with my fiance, which, you know, wasn't, wasn't bad. Wasn't a bad show. But I, I like that they really opened up the door and really understood that, like, hey, like, we need to make guys. And Adam Page is there even before AEW started, even on Being the Elite, he was the guy that they were pegging as, like, their next, like, you know, big star or the next big solo star and they've told the story beautifully that's the one thing they've, they've been doing very well they do a lot of things really well but one thing i really like that they do is that they really take their time with their stories even given you know page that time to go home and you know uh, let the let the kid be born and be be at home with the wife and all that like it all makes sense it all makes sense um so again that is good that is really good that he got that reaction and got that moment because, you know, you could bring back all the, you know, the, the, the main event guys from WWE all you want and people always hang that over your head. Well, they're only popping because they got these guys that were huge in other places. But Adam Page is, you got to have the point of reference that mm -hmm. we can make stars. And yep. Adam Page is your point of reference. Like, hey, not only do we got the money to pull in megastars to get people butts in the seats, we could also make guys as well. And that was a perfect example with Adam Page. Watching him and uh, and John Moxley clubbing each other in the face with forearms, I don't know, that just felt like such a moment, you know? I mean, and then obviously, here's the thing, when you, when you have all these dudes like, like Danielson, like Punk, Adam Cole signing up to be a part of this, company it's like you're like they're joining a movement right i mean they all take this shit very seriously and so they're all going to be super motivated to put over hangman when the time comes too, right i mean it's like they they understand that this is all part of the this is all part of the movement this is all part of like you know building a healthy company and building a healthy wrestling world so it's it's just like it's just exciting and i, I didn't you know i wasn't concerned that they were going to leave hangman well it's pardon the pun hanging out to drive but like with all the shit they've been like with all the people they've been signing up with all the moves they've been making, it wouldn't have been shocking if they had sort of pushed pause on that or, you know, redirected it for another six months or a year or something like that. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. Um, I mean, I think that the big thing that sort of has taken a hit with all the signings is the, is the, you know, Kenny Omega is just like, you know, is like final boss, just like belt collector, you know, but like, I mean, that's still going on. I just think he's sort of just like the heel on the show, the big heel on the show now, as opposed to some like time spanning company jumping heel. But he's, it doesn't matter. He's the best. He's, he's one of the best in the world. And we're excited to see him wrestle everybody. And, when, and listen, we're not going to, when he and Hangman get in the ring, it's going to be like, 
like Macho and Hulk going at it at WrestleMania. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be bonkers, man. So and and everyone's gonna be going nuts for it. Um, all right, we got to get out of here. See what other what, what notes do we have on the web door? No, we'll have no no sell, sell or no sell this week. It'll be it'll come back next week. In the meantime, Bobby Fish made his first appearance. Apparently, he's officially signed with AEW. Good on him. Ah, see what you did uh, there. He's officially signed. <laughs> making uh, making puns. I don't even know about. <laughs> he's a great hand, and I think that he's he's a really good person to have. I mean, I think that's the you know the concern uh, with some of these NXT with some of the NXT releases is that he he's one of the guys that actually might have been poorly served for his time in NXT. I mean, he got paid, he got, you know, whatever. But you, but the fear would have been by being part of this stable can it, like how is AEW going to sign him and not make him part of the Adam Cole getting signed storyline? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that that would have been he would have been like the real obvious instance of somebody getting screwed by the whole thing but he got signed and he had a good showing and he'll be he's a great hand for them to have around the other kind of news of the week and i alluded to this at the top of the show was that johnny gargano has removed wwe and usa network references from his twitter bio uh and replaced it with professional wrestler um Uh-oh. uh yeah his contract i think sean ross Appleboard his contract is sort of heading towards up um and he's you know He's eager to tease everybody. Now, listen, he could just be teasing everybody for his NXT return. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I think that... uh, Well, if you watch NXT, Indy Indy Hartwell's kind of got doing her own thing now. You know, uh, Candice Ray's pregnant. You mean getting married? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, She got like some BFF now that she came out with and talking about, you know, dick size and all that. Great. Fantastic. And then uh, Austin Theory's on Raw. Candice is pregnant. We don't know. We don't know. Is Johnny heading over to AEW? Is Johnny heading over back to NXT? Like, I I, I do not know. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, man. I mean, he would be... I mean, he certainly is too gifted to get lost in the shuffle over there, and I'm not having lost in the shuffle talks as a rule, but I think that... that actually, I'm su- I would be super excited to see what he could do. I mean, he's the sort of dude who's like... He's done everything in NXT, right? I oh, mean, yeah. if you want to make the case that somebody's sort of like not run its course, but accomplished, but done all there is to do, you can make that case for him. And if he can go over to to AEW, I mean, he could basically be. I mean, he he could be like a sort of like like early Macho Man. <laughs> I was gonna say Steamboat, but he's got so much more character. He could just hold down the mid card for as long as they want him to, and all, and obviously work at the top of the card too. But he could do sort of for the second tier in AEW right off the bat what you know Daniel or Brian Danielson is doing for the top of the card. You know, I mean, he can bring so much legitimacy to it, and he's such a good performer, man. I mean, he's so good at literally everything. I've said it a million times, and I know that the definition of wrestler is has changed over time. But of all of the sort of undersized dudes who have made their way into the national wrestling scene from the indies over the past decade, he he's is one of just, the most influential by far. Well, and, and he, yeah, he's influential. Yeah. I mean, he he is the one that I can say without a shadow of a doubt that if he were six inches taller, would be like a WWE champion of legend and lore by now. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, he's just yeah. he's just so good at being a wrestler. Every facet, every facet of the game. Yeah, I, I think he'll he'll be successful wherever he goes. I think uh, if he goes to AEW, it'll be a, a hand and glove fit, just kind of like how Adam Cole was a hand and glove fit as well. 
Um, uh, who knows, man? Uh, there's there's so many crazy things as far as like you know. I think there's there's certain folks that are getting a little bit left out in the shuffle as well, and there's some folks that are probably happy not wrestling every single week and are cool with like, you know what? I'll do a couple less days if that means I could be home and still make a, a decent amount of money. So listen, I'm a big Johnny Gargano fan. I've loved his, I think he was unfairly ostracized, but about the, the, you know, about his NXT run, according to certain, uh, you know, wrestling fans, I think he, he kind of got the unfair shake, uh, because of those matches, but he, he'll be, if he does leave, he'd be going to a place where all that stuff would be, absolutely right in his wheelhouse so who knows man and and he's also proven that he can do the sports entertainment funny acting you know telling stories type of thing as well you mentioned it he's done everything there's possible to do so i have no clue where johnny's going next i'm sure he's doing himself a real good favor as far as keeping people in the dark i think i think it's in every wrestler's best interest to be like, hey, who knows where I'm going? I don't know. Build your own buzz. Get yourself going. You know what I mean? Like, so him taking out the the Twitter mentions and the and the ads doesn't surprise me at all, man. Because when your contract is up, it becomes a negotiation tactic. And you want to be able to get that pop when you finally announce what the next move is. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's fun to be in a world where there's negotiation tactics going on in pro wrestling, right? It just makes everything a little bit more exciting. Um well, it's been a fun week. Uh, it's been a fun show. Thank you for doing this. You want to get your uh, plugs in? Yeah, man. Uh, I'll be at Comic-Con tomorrow. Uh, shout out to the good folks at Tiger Driver. Uh, talking about the beauty and blackness of professional wrestling. Everything going on in the past several years. Can't wait to be in there. Shout out to Chris, the Tiger Driver. And, uh, you know, Faye Jackson will be there. My guy, uh, Cam Hawkins from PW Torch will be on the on the panel as well. Um, and I've never done Comic-Con before, so I'm really looking forward to that um, and talking to all you guys. So please pull up, show up if you got a badge, whatever. Um, really looking forward to meeting all you guys. Uh, check out Say Less. We're on a little bit of a hiatus right now because we are, um, you know, moving on to bigger and better things. So as soon as we uh, get some uh, official notice on that, I'll let you guys know there. And um, yeah, MSGPM back in the business in about two weeks when the NBA season kicks off. Oh, yeah. Check out me and Monica after Nick Games in the studio at the Garden with the Knicks. Can't wait. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got today, bro. Uh, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. We got a couple more things to announce, so stay tuned to this space. Thank you, as always, to our babyface production assistant, John Kerma, and apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace. <laughs>